Hey, Cam, uh, what number cup of coffee is that today? Uh, it's only number three so far. Number three? What, what are you going to end up at? Six? I usually, I usually end up about six or seven, and then I got oh. about three Pepsis after that or something. So <laughs> There you go. No caffeine to last the day. <laughs> All right. It'll get you through. Um, so I wanted to, uh, to ask you about the Dolphins. It looks like their uh, kickoff coverage and their punt coverage makes it awfully tough to gain positive yardage. Uh, what do you see from the challenge they present you in that area? Yeah, they've, they've got a lot of good players on, on both um, phases of that. You know, they've got established a good core, guys. They've got several guys that are playing multiple phases for them. So they've got a really good established core. Anytime you have a good core like they do, you know, those guys play fast. They play well off one another. So, yeah, it's not just one guy. And that, that's what the it goes to and why they're so good is it's not just one guy you have to account for. It's multiple guys. You know, if you take away this guy, then they have another guy that's going to make a play. So, again, that that's the – challenge we have this week with them is trying to figure out what's the best scheme and philosophy to attack them knowing they have so many good players and so many specific players that they use in their core cam yesterday we were talking with jake bailey and um i had asked him about if he had ever like who was his punter you know that he looked at coming up the ranks and he said thomas morstead and he just talked about the way morstead his technique is sort of linear and he likes to have sort of a similar technique have you ever sort of noted that comparison? Um, and how would you sort of describe Jake's um, technique in that area? Yeah, they're similar. Um, you know, quick hands, quick operations. You know, that's one thing. You know, you look at, you know, different players throughout the league and is, you know, who do you compare to? So we always try to do some comparisons and, you know, with our guys and different players in terms of, you know, you know, what do they do well? What is something we can take from them? So, you know, one thing with Jake is, you know, obviously the path he's walking, and he's done a really good job with his drop and his drop zone, drop angle um, of the football, you know, drop plane. That's one thing he does do, stay square, linear, like you're talking about, and he was mentioning is where he's walking is where he wants to go. But he does a good job of hiding the direction he's doing by setting right behind the snapper. So, you know, not giving it away or anything like that. But both those guys do a great job of setting the ball, you know, anytime they're looking to punt. And that goes to good hands. You have to have good hands as a punter. You know, because when you catch the ball, then you got to spin it and find the laces and make sure you're, you're hitting the side part and you're not actually spinning and hitting the laces right there. So a lot goes into that hand-eye coordination with catching the ball, spinning, and setting your drop table right there. And that's where you see a lot of similarities in those two guys. Thank you. Kim, I have one, one last one, and it just sort of goes back to um, one of the last punts in the game where you had a little bit of a different – alignment on that with Dante sort of I, I guess I described him as almost um uh level with the punter but split out wide right like that's how I described it probably not the right way but um without giving away too much strategy you know when you're shaking up the way you align and protection uh what's the thought process on shaking things up in in, in a situation like that well you know you know schematically you can't have more than two guys that go down the field on, on the snap, you know, from a punt perspective. You know, when the ball's punted, you know, you really got to be – that give you that grace period. But with the, say within one, maybe two yards of line of scrimmage when the ball's punted. So that's why you see where he's lined up so he can actually build his momentum and build his speed down the field, which obviously now, you know, anytime you're covering a guy, someone's like covering a receiver like on a post route that's already built his speed and you didn't get a chance to slow him down off line of scrimmage. So – just a little bit more of a degree of difficulty for those guys to cover them. You know, when they line up on him now, there's a lot of space. He has the ability to avoid. It almost makes it more like a kickoff, you know, to him when he's covering the kick there. 
And then that just presents another position where we built the speed. Now we're getting another guy down there running down on a single block, you know, out in space. So that, that's kind of the philosophy behind it is how the more times we can get guys running on single blocks and punt coverage, the better we're going to be. Next up, we'll go to Bob Sosi, then Phil Perry. Very good. Good morning, Cam. Good morning, Bob. How are we doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, you talked about the core for the Dolphins and having a good core. I'm curious as well about coordinator Danny Crossman and kind of the, the feel that you have for him and his unit. Uh, it seems like they're a pretty aggressive unit, whether it's fake plays or getting after kicks. They've gotten some big plays in, in both respects. How would you define kind of the personality of, of the, their special teams unit under his direction and his approach? Yeah, D Danny's done a good job with them. You know, Danny's been doing it all the time, you know, um, whether he's in Buffalo, now he's in Miami. But they've always been an aggressive mindset, and you've seen that really come out um, and always played very good, sound, technical, fundamental football for him. You know, he he's done a really good job with those units, and that's what you see. You see the personality of being the aggressive mentality um, come out in them, and that's why you see so many different gimmicks and formations that they're working and you know, things you have to adjust and be ready for on a weekly basis, you know, just presents another challenge for you that, you know, you guys get to go out and handle. And, you know, we've obviously seen one of those already in a, a couple of years ago. So, again, this is something we have to go out each week, prepare for and be ready for. And with Jakeem Grant, uh, you guys face dangerous returners on a week in, week out basis in the NFL. Uh, what makes him so effective as return man? I, I imagine, again, it's more than sheer speed. Yeah, no, he, he does a really good job. He sees, he's got really good vision. You know, anytime you're talking about a returner, you know, they have to be able to see the whole field. You know, they have to see that guy coming, have to read their blocks, press and cut. And he does a really good job cutting off the blocks, acceleration. You know, he's got that elusive ability, not just top end speed, but he can start and stop, you know, on a drop, 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 of, uh, drop of a dime. Sorry about that. And then, you know, that's the thing that makes him so good is, you know, as a guy's coming in, he feels that he can stop, change direction. You know, he does a good job. Everybody's at the point of attack with this guy, you know, for us in coverage because he does have any chance to go anywhere with his vision. That's what leads to a quality returner is you may not see something, but he sees and he's able to put his foot in the ground and get vertical. Great. Thank you, Cam. Mm -hmm. And looks like last question, I'm going to Phil Perry. Hey, Cam, I, I was curious about Grant as well. And I'm wondering, you know, I know there's there's some element of, of chaos in the kicking game, and when you're trying to to track down a returner and, and get him to the ground, is his height a factor at all? Is he a harder guy to find because of his his stature? Does that present a challenge for you guys, or is that not really an issue? That's more of a factor, and on the kickoff coverage, because you get more of the bodies in there, and you know where do you avoid? Uh, you don't want to avoid too far because maybe you don't know if have you got the correct path. Um, you know, as far as the punt play, it's a little bit more spread out. So there's not as big a factor. There's a lot more space right there. Again, depending on which return you're getting, you know, there may be more space if they're, it's a field return or if it's a boundary return where they're just catching and getting vertical. It's going to be less space. Everything's going to be more condensed in because you're going to have more bodies, you know, right there. So it does become a factor at times, you know, with height and all that, finding a guy. Um, it all depends on the space at the, at the grand scheme of things is, you know, how much space between you and the blocker is there. If there's a lot of space between you and the blocker, it's not going to be an issue. It's when they get behind the blocker. It's like a running back pressing the line, you know, and he's really hiding behind the offensive line right there. And the linebacker's trying to find, all right, do I stay on this angle? And I don't want to over pursue a block, knowing the running back can cut off of it. So 
It's very similar in that aspect of the O-line to running back to linebacker comparison when you're talking about it on the kickoff return. Punt return, punt, you know, it's a little bit more spread out. It's not really as big of a factor. And um, does he have to – one thing that we've heard before when uh, the Patriots have played really fast guys, um, like, you know, Tyreek Hill, for instance, you know, I've heard guys say he can outrun your angle um, when, you're, when you're tracking him down the sideline. Is, do you have to kind of reassess what a, what a good angle is against a player with that kind of speed because it's, it's kind of unusual? I, w- I wouldn't say you have to reassess what a good angle is. I think you have to make sure you maintain your proper leverage, you know, knowing that I can't ever get head up on a guy. As soon as I get head up on him, he's going to be able to go either way, and I know I'm not going to re- be able to reestablish that leverage and that angle. So it's more so if, I gotta, if I'm got i on the right, I want to make sure, you know, I'm coming in, I want to stay on that side so he doesn't out-leverage me. So it's more so maintain the leverage you have than losing it or trying to rechange your leverage and angle. Got it. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Cam. Thank you all.